Loving Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord, for your goodness and mercy in our lives. Father in heaven, we need the heavenly sustenance to keep us on our journey as we are going to our heavenly Canaan. We pray, Father, that you would supply to us our manna that we shall eat and have strength for the labor for today and that we shall be built up into the most holy faith. Lord in heaven, grant to us the gift of your spirit to grant us understanding of your word and power to be sons of God. May your words spoken today be a blessing to all of us. I present myself as a vessel that you will put your words in my mouth. For the sake of your son Jesus that died on the cross of Calvary, Lord, please speak to your children words that will encourage and uplift them. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage May 1 Too Many Soldiers And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Judges chapter 7 verse 2 It had been made a law in Israel that before they went to battle, the following proclamation should be made throughout the army. What man is there that hath built a new house, and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard, and hath not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man eat of it. And what man is there that hath betrothed a wife, and hath not taken her? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man take her. And the officers were to speak further to the people, saying, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 5 to 8 Because his numbers were so few compared with those of the enemy, Gideon had refrained from making the usual proclamation. He was filled with astonishment at the declaration that his army was too large. But the Lord saw the pride and unbelief existing in the hearts of his people. Aroused by the staring appeals of Gideon, they had readily enlisted. But many were filled with fear when they saw the multitudes of the Midianites. Yet, had Israel triumphed, those very ones would have taken the glory to themselves instead of ascribing the victory to God. Gideon obeyed the Lord's direction, and with a heavy heart, he saw 22,000 or more than two-thirds of his entire force depart for their homes. The Lord is willing to do great things for us. We shall not gain the victory through numbers, but through the full surrender of the soul to Jesus. We are to go forward in his strength, trusting in the mighty God of Israel. There is a lesson for us in the story of Gideon's army. 
the Lord is just as willing to work through human efforts now and to accomplish great things through weak instrumentalities. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Too Many Soldiers. And it is a continuation of what we began yesterday looking at the life of Gideon. The Lord had called Gideon. Gideon, self-distrustful, had received his instruction from the Lord and he was sure the Lord was sending him for a great responsibility. Now it was time for him to execute that responsibility. Before, uh, Gideon had called people to join him so that he can muster an army of soldiers that will fight the Midianites. In the book of uh, Judges chapter 6, reading from verse 34 and 35, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiazah was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and unto Zebulon, and unto Naphtali. And they came up to meet him. So here, he already mustered an army of soldiers that would join him. Now in the book of Judges chapter 7 verse 1, it says, Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Harod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore, go, go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. Wow! For someone who is expecting that the battle is going to be something that you will use in your own strength and fight, this will be a scare to you when you lose more than two-thirds of your army. But the Lord had an intention in doing this. He wanted to make it clear that He is the one giving them the victory and not the people. He could see the pride in their hearts as we already read. But more so, the Lord had already promised them that it will be a sign that He is with them. When they are few in number and the people they fight are so many and mightier than they, and they yet will win the battle. In the book of Leviticus 26, when the Lord was telling them part of the blessings that will follow them if they obey his commandments, he said in verse, he said in verse 3, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, and in verse 7 he said, And you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword, and five of you shall chase an hundred, and an hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply, and establish my covenant with you. So this is a promise the Lord already gave them in the past, that he, if he is with them, it doesn't matter whether they are few or they are many. In fact, a sign to show that he is with them is when they are fewer in number, they will still be able to put to flight those who are more in number than themselves. Whenever it is that they are outnumbered, the Lord will give them the victory. And another time when this happened was in the days of Jonathan, the son of King Saul. There was a time when they also were being vexed by the Philistines and they wanted to go and fight. And Jonathan, a man full of faith, made that statement in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. He says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, 
and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. So here again is Jonathan exercising faith in that word and he trusted that it was not about numbers. It's not about numbers. The Lord is not with the majority. He can be with the few. What matters is the people that are faithful to him. And another reason is the Lord will want to make it clear that it is not by our human effort that we get the victory, but rather it is by God's own power. You know, man's weakness is a time for God to show his strength. Man's necessity is a time for God's opportunity. Here, Gideon sees himself having a necessity, and the necessity here is he needs soldiers. But here is an opportunity, the lack of soldiers, an opportunity for God to show Gideon his might and to show the rest of Israel that they have a God that can deliver, a God that is greater than other gods. Paul, when he was doing his own fight like Gideon in the form of evangelism and ministry, ministerial work, going from place to place, conquering various cities for the Lord Jesus, preaching the message of truth. You know, when we look at every war that is fought in the Bible, it is a form of evangelism. Because when we go for evangelism, it is intended that we are trying to win battles for the Lord. And the winning is not about winning souls in the sense that people convert into believing the truth. No, that's not really what matters. What matters is that the work is done. When Noah preached and it came to the time when the flood came, it was just him and his family that were saved. It doesn't mean that Noah was not successful. He was very successful in his work. His work was to preach the gospel. Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 24 verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the world for a witness and then shall the end come. So, the preaching of the word of God is not necessarily alone so that people can be converted, but to give them an opportunity so that they can know the truth and it is for a witness. So, when Paul was going, preaching from place to place, the Lord also wanted to teach him this lesson. That in our weakness, that is when he is, that is when we are strong because then we can depend more on God. When we have too many things in ourselves that we can have confidence in, we cease to pray. But when we are overwhelmed with the nature of our work, you find out that we go on our knees and pray. But it ought not to be so. Whether we have we are equipped or not, just like Joshua, even though he had the strength, he had the army, he prayed as though success depended on prayer alone. And he fought as though. He fought, he planned, he strategized as though success depended on his own human effort alone. That is a lesson we must always learn. But when we come to a place where there is a danger of trusting to our human strength, the Lord can bring weakness to us and he can reduce our strength so that we can learn to depend on him and it is for our own good to help us so that we don't go astray in our pride. Now, I was talking about Saul. uh, I was talking about Paul, the apostle. When Paul, the apostle, was doing ministerial work for the Lord, the Lord permitted him to have a weakness and he requested for the Lord. It was He called it a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. It was actually an issue he had with his eyes. His eyes was not functioning as it should and he prayed to the Lord three times that it should be taken away from him. That's just similar to Gideon asking for more soldiers. And the reply from God in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 is this, He said unto him, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather 
glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. So this is a lesson for us. When we are weak, when we are few in number, we can depend more on God. The, few, the, the, the fewness of the, of the people, of the soldiers of, of Gideon would have led him to depend more on God. It was a sign of weakness because strength, he taught, is in numbers. The more the number, the more the strength. So the less the number, then he sees himself as weak. And in this weakness, there is no way Gideon would trust in the few numbers of just 10,000, which later would even reduce to less than 10,000, with just a few men than, than 300. There is no way Gideon would then trust to those few men against the hundreds of thousands of the Midianites that were against them perhaps around that number so here as his numbers reduced um his weakness increased his strength reduced now the lesson for us is the same lesson that paul was saying we should glory in our infirmities so that when we are weak we can trust more in god so that christ's strength will show at times the lord wants us to be in this weakness the weakness may come in the form of lack of uh, the funds that you need for work or it may come in the form of the fact that you are not even trained in the schools of the world and then you need to depend on god even more knowing very well that you cannot trust to anything and say oh i have this or i have that or i learned this or i learned that or i have this equipment and that's why i did this work i did it is my own hand and my own power that has done this for me we need to learn we don't necessarily need to be crippled by the lord before we learn these lessons but if we are coming to that situation where we want to take pride in our own achievements or feel like we have the strength in ourselves in the mercy of the lord he can reduce our strength so that we can be weak so that we can now trust in him deuteronomy 32 reading from verse 30 moses said this how should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them and the lord had shut them up here is telling us that that is the only way it will happen only god can do it that when we are weak then we will be made strong isaiah 30 verse 17 says one thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one at the rebuke of five shall ye flee till ye be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain and as an ensign on a hill so the opposite is the case when we are departing from the Lord. It doesn't matter how much equipment you have, how much your education is, how much uh, facilities you own. Those things will not give you victories. They will not. Victory is not by that. It doesn't matter how much the numbers of your people are. You will still get losses because the Lord will not be with those who are not faithful towards Him. What makes us to be to get the victory? Is it number? No, number is not what makes us get victory. Strength is not necessarily numbers. Even today, when you go to tell the people the truth, they will tell you, oh, has this pastor believed in it? How many people believe in that truth? Numbers does not tell us where the truth is. The word of God is what tells us the truth. And it's even the case that one with God is majority. And the world itself, majority of the world, has never been on the side of truth. So, Many, the, the few, have always been on the right side. It doesn't mean that just a few people here and there, anywhere you see few people there and they are with God. No, that's not what it means. If you want to know who is with God, you can follow your Bible and do whatever it says and you will find out that you'll be odd. You'll be different from a lot of people around you. You will not be popular. You will not be in the majority. That's what I mean. And what matters to God is wholehearted service, consecration to Him. It is not about the numbers. A few wholehearted, consecrated 
members, the Lord can use them to work mighty things. Christian Service, page 236, paragraph 2 says, It is wholehearted, thoroughly decided men and women who will stand now. Christ sifted his followers again and again, until at one time there remained only eleven and a few faithful women to lay the foundation of the Christian church. There are those who will stand back when burdens are to be borne, but when the church is all aglow, they catch the enthusiasm, sing and shout and become rapturous. But watch them. When the fervor is gone, only a few faithful Caleb's will come to the front and display unwavering principle. These are salt that retains the savour. It is when the work moves hard that the churches develop the true helpers." End of quote. Here again, the Lord is telling us what really matters. It is not the numbers. It is just the few faithful Caleb's the Lord wants. And once he has his few faithful Caleb's, he can work wonders and mighty things with them. As we read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 127, paragraph 5, it says, The Lord is willing to do great things for us. We shall not gain the victory through numbers, but through the full surrender of the soul to Jesus. We are to go forward in his strength trusting in the mighty God of Israel. There is a lesson for us in the story of Gideon's army. The Lord is just as willing to work through human efforts now and to accomplish great things through weak instrumentalities." End of quote. Do you see yourself as a weak instrumentality? Do you see yourself as just you are not one of the you're not among the popular people of the world? You are not in the majority of the people? Are you following the word of God and you feel awed? The Lord is willing to work with you. If you will consecrate yourself wholly to him, just as the men who he chose in Gideon's army. Do not think that it is about numbers, that strength is in numbers. Strength is in consecration to God. Strength is in wholehearted service. Strength is in faithfulness and loyalty to the word of God. That is where our strength is. This was a lesson that Moses learned, if you recall. He had learned that for you to have power with the people, you have to have first of all power with God. If you must have influence on the people, you must first have power with God. And how we have power with God is by obedience to Him, consecration to Him. It doesn't matter how many you are who want to do the work. We need to be consecrated to God and the Lord can use us to do mighty things. May the Lord use you as you consecrate yourself to Him to do great works in these last days. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father in heaven, help us to exercise faith in you more. May we not in our minds think that the majority shows who the Lord is with. Today we have truth to follow that will put us in the minority and help us, Lord, not to waver or not to shake. And the weaknesses we have, we pray, Lord, that it shall lead us to depend more on you. Please grant us grace and grant us strength that regardless of how weak we are, whether it is in um, our numbers or in other areas, that you will help us to develop faith in you, trust in you, that in our weakness and our infirmities, we shall be made strong through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.